The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Welcome to episode number 22 of the 7 Months of Danger podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we have reached uh, the episode before our last episode. So kind of a... The penultimate. The penultimate. Yeah, thank you, because I couldn't even get that those words out. Uh, right. shift. Uh, so welcome, guys. We are near the end. Two episodes to go. And I cannot do this without uh, my group here. I don't even have a fancy term to call you, gents, but... Uh, we'll keep it civil tonight since we're in our final two. So up first, uh, Scott Shiflett, how are you tonight? Uh, it's with sad news that, that we, we join you guys tonight. Um, looking forward to talking about the end of the DA, but uh, also, uh, you know, melancholy at the same time. Wow, Shift, very melancholy. Uh, based on some of the matches tonight, I think we should be melancholy because, boy, we got a ton of shit in this tonight. Uh, Matt Souza, how are you tonight? God, Schiff just depressed the hell out of me. He's sitting over there listening to fucking Radiohead and having a good cry in his room because we're close to the end of this podcast. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I was I was thinking we were going to get the acoustic version of Crete playing in the background for you, Schiff, from Guardians. God, that would just break me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Logan Crossland, how are you tonight? Yeah, well, Schiff is sad. I have the uh, song in my head playing Celebrate Good Time. That was almost done, so uh, I, this has worn me down. So uh, this is a bittersweet uh, mm-hmm. uh, way to end it, I guess. I'm not it's, bro- worried- it's broken all of us, really. I, I think it's broken all of us down to a degree based on the historic value of how perception-wise some of us, maybe me because it's more my time frame, how we felt the Dangerous Alliance really truly was. 
And I think the last 21 episodes, now going on 22, uh, have maybe shattered my imagery of perception. So we'll uh, jump right into it. So tonight, we are covering May 9th through May 17th, 1992. It is the final build, all the way up to the day of uh, Wrestle War 92, where War Games happens. But we are going to start off with our Meltzer notes. I will run through a couple of the notes and then pick on one of you to comment. And as always, we will go from there. And jump right into uh, this. I believe we have six matches to cover tonight uh, before we get to our next episode, which will our last episode, which we will actually kick off with War Games on episode number 23. Um, and we will be uh, joined by Jacob Williams for that one for our finale. All right. So Meltzer notes. This comes from May 11th. Up first, big news. Rick and Scott Steiner won the WCW Tag Team titles on May the 3rd in Chicago in a cage match from Anderson and Eaton. After a few more weeks, expect Anderson and Eaton to stop teaming together with Anderson being moved into a single slot as an eventual challenger for Sting and Eaton forming a tag team with Steve Austin, which to me makes no fucking sense. But at the same time, Steve Austin is, um, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But Schiff, what do you think? I don't know why they couldn't, you know, have uh, Steiners win the tag titles. I don't, I don't know, on a Saturday night. Or something instead of trying to just pop a house show it just shows how you know wcw nwa is still stuck in the 80s just trying to do house shows when they probably should have been like when there's probably like i don't know 150 people there instead of just trying to build up to a match but um you know it's sad that you know we're starting to see the da fall apart here uh yeah not the first we'll talk about the da falling apart but scott steiner's a new tag team champions and uh, we will talk more about the Steiners, especially in War Games in our next episode, because I think a couple of us have some takes about <laughs> why the Steiners aren't in the match we think they should be in. So we'll talk about it on our next episode. All right. So I'll go through the next couple and then I'm going to call on you, uh, Susan, for this. It appears the idea of bringing in Scott Norton and Bam Bam Bigelow from Japan has been dropped. Jake Roberts is virtually a definite in coming in. The only question being how soon. And last but not least, newcomer, the super invader who is Hercules Hernandez under a mask. Started at television in St. Pete, managed by Harley Race, and has been given a major push. He looked the same as he looked as Hercules, and there's a big yawn. You know, wouldn't it make more sense to bring him in just as Hercules, and you can build up that, hey, he's coming over, he's jumping ship from the WWF. Look at this, we got one of their guys. Ha ha. No, or no, they let's... could bring him in like they did, and like when they brought in like Earthquake and made him Avalanche, they could have brought him in as like Apollo or something. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Let's or put Samson. Pe- Let's put, let's put fucking pantyhose on his head and call him the super invader. That makes perfect fucking sense. But, uh, yeah, also bummed about uh, the Scott Norton team. Weird. Scott Norton's not coming in, you guys. Who could have possibly? Hasn't that been a note in every fucking episode? I think since episode one, I think we've (laughs) been mentioning Scott Norton, and he's nowhere to be found, and he will be nowhere to be found. So I like Scott Norton. I'm bummed he's not here. He would have been a boost to really everything, but uh, it is what it is. Yep. And Jake Roberts will be coming in uh, mm-hmm. shortly, but uh, that's still a month. That's still months away. So. Oh, yeah. That's not for a while. All right. right about Logan. Nine months, Norton will be there. Yep. Yeah. All right, Logan. This, <laughs> this next couple will be for you. This first note, especially, is perfect <laughs> for you. First, aren't you glad to know that Wonder Years has been renewed for a sixth season? There is no truth to the rumor that WCW was selling badges to fans at the match. Stayed awake for the entire Arn Anderson versus Big Josh match while Jason Irby did commentary. <laughs> Logan, I got. I'll stop there. I got to let you comment on just that one right there. Well, you didn't mention my suspicion uh, suspension on the last episode. I was trying uh, to. Pull, I was trying to leap over that because I, 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 I wanted you. to forget 
who he had in your place because mm-hmm. I think all of us are traumatized by that. I, I do I do appreciate Mr. Hervey filling in for me, uh, but but it was uh, he was unlistenable. I will say, um, and I would like to personally apologize to uh, one uh, Rick Willard for my annoying ass laugh, and I will try to be very serious tonight. But as far as Jason Hervey goes, yeah, he can get fucked. Yeah, I don't think Jason Hervey was a big fan of how we treated him, and I think we probably lost our seventh listener. So I think we are back to six. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Jason Hervey, go fuck yourself. I mean, All it right. made sense that the commentary was unlistenable because the match was unwatchable. So. I, I disagree. Do like, I do like the fact that Meltzer brought up, hey, did you know it's renewed for his sixth season? Because I think we joked about that a lot with Jason when he was on. So I think it's funny that Meltzer didn't know about it. All right, Schiff, next couple are for you. Diamond Stud. So I think we talked about this on our last episode when Diamond Stud interfered in a match. Diamond Stud returned to set up a program with Dustin Rhodes. It appears Stud will wind up in the DA after Zabisco does this thing. Rick Steamboat and Nikita Koloff are being pushed on television as a tag team to lead up to the NWA tournament. And then Todd Champion, PN News, Thomas Rich, and El Gigante are all history among others. Well, I'm sorry to hear about El, El Gigante uh, passing on. Um, you know, he'll have that WWF run, and then... Um, well, he didn't die yet, Chef. He just... <laughs> I know, but they... <laughs> but but, but uh, we're just foreshadowing the future, Susan. Right? Yeah, sorry. We're, that jumping, was we're jumping ahead in the timeline. Got Poor it. phrasing the words. He was actually supposed to come back uh, for World War III, 1995. So they, their gimmick oh, was they were going to have three giants in the three rings, mm. and it fell through, so then it turned into giants of wrestling. Um, Thomas Rich, you know, good riddance. I know he won the NWA title. If you believe the rumors to be true, you, found, you know why he won that title. Um, Diamond Stud joining the DA would have been interesting, but, you know, I think someone coming in, puts a kibosh to all that. And then soon we have uh, someone named Rezo Roman Chico. Yeah, like literally he's what there yeah. by what July or August. He's in WWF. Well, yeah, because yeah. he's in the survivor series main event. And he's at summer and he's at SummerSlam. I think. Or he's, or, yeah. So, so if he had, he had joined the DA, would he, be, would he have called Heyman the Heyman? <laughs> My God. My, wow. What a pull. You, de- you deserve a timeout for that one. Well, I, I, mean, I think you deserve another suspension for that one. Oh, yeah. Good Lord Almighty. Um, and, and I know and I know Susa is very disappointed that it took us almost to the last episode to finally be over Tachi. <laughs> no, thank God he now he, they decide to fucking fire him after we had to watch all his bullshit. I, I, I got bad news for you guys. He comes back at 9-3. Well, the good news is the podcast ends before that happens. Right. I don't have to watch that ever again. All right, uh, Sousa, you get to close out the uh, Meltzer notes. So first, rumor has it that Precious will be returning to manage Garvin, which in return will mean he'll be, manage- he'll be managing the Freebirds. Uh, judging for Saturday's TV show, we'll be seeing a return of the Bull Drop in with Dusty Rhodes and Jason Hervey. Hey, by the way, did you know the Wonder Years has been renewed for its sixth season? <laughs> oh. And the last note is, uh, and I had no idea about this, uh, Lightning Kid Sean Waltman is getting a tryout at the May 11th television taping at Center Stage. Oh, gonna have the bull drop in with Jason Hervey, baby. Uh, the Wonder Years, I've never seen it, but I heard it's that popular. It's been around for six seasons. Uh, uh, yeah, when I think about having Dusty Rhodes on the microphone, uh, the first person I want him to talk to is Jason fucking Hervey. Uh, good God almighty. Uh, why are we bringing people back to manage uh, anything related to the Freebirds? The Freebirds? Because it's, because it's precious and she's 70. <laughs> oh, I see. So, so I guess and she, uh, she, and she and she's the wife of a free bird. And what is her excuse? 
Right. I was going to say, she'll be a free bird, and she'll have no excuse because she's married to one of them. And yeah, that's interesting about Waltman. I didn't know uh, he had a, a television tape, a tryout at a TV taping, so that's interesting. Uh, obviously, it won't take for WCW. Yet another reason why they're fucking stupid. Yep. And so that ends our Meltzer notes. So we're going to jump right into our first watch when we are going to May 9th, 1992. And it is uh, the Saturday night program. So tonight, a couple interesting things. So we have Rick Rude in the sit down like interview segment. And then we have a two out of three falls uh, rematch with Barry Windham versus Stunning Steve Austin for the TV title. So first up, they open the show. And I always put these interview segments because these are God fucking awful. So first up, <laughs> well, it's the Rick Rude one, but I want to talk about the comments at the beginning of the show that they use to sell these two out of three main events. So first and foremost, we talk about Jason Hervey being one of the co-hosts or being one of the guys. Uh, tonight, gentlemen, we have Randy Owen from Alabama, the lead singer, co-hosting with JR. And Make me some music. Yeah, my exactly. grandma, grandpa used to play. Yeah. And by the I way, hate Ra- this. And by the way, Randy Owen asked a very controversial question of Rick Rude that we'll get to in a minute. I laughed so hard when that happened. Oh, I died so. laughing, but we'll get to that in a minute. So first off, we get the promo segments for the two out of three. So Wyndham says he is Paul Dangerously's worst nightmare, winning a fall in their last match, and this time they have a longer time limit. That's all he says. Um, and then he says he's capable of being a TV champ. And then they do a quick jump to Austin who says Barry is his next victim. And that's all Austin says. There's no Polly with him, so they got the fuck out of Dodge quick. So, um, Schiff, I'll ask you, any comments on, like, for me, I feel like these opening segments are supposed to sell your main event, not, like, make them look like a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, Barry, like, starts off by saying he's Polly's worst enemy and doesn't really talk about Austin. Um, and then Austin... Because Austin know, is a non-factor, and he's butt. That's why. Oh. <laughs> well, he has been on this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Faces, but yes, it is. Um, and then with Austin saying, like, you know, last week he told the world that Barry he showed the world that Barry couldn't beat him. Um, you know, it needs to be a little bit longer. I wish Barry would have focused on uh, Austin instead of Paul because uh, it, you know, it like Sean said, it it does make Austin come off as like second rate when you're worried about the manager than the guy you're wrestling in the ring. You know what's amazing to me in this is Study Steve Austin goes on to be one of the best promo guys in the business. Mm-hmm. And you see him in something like this where he just says, Barry is my next victim. Well done, kid. <laughs> yeah, Barry, Barry, Barry's my next victim. And that's it. They just Fucking run away. He's Taz. Yeah, it's it's insane. Anyway, so let's talk about this Rick Rude interview. So as I said, tonight's sit down is with Rude, who looks like he is rated Larry's shirt closet, by the way. <laughs> um, got one of Larry Z's specials on. Uh, Randy Owen. Who, out of the blue, I did not see this coming, straight up asked Rick, hey, you know, my kids are big wrestling fans, and he straight up asked Rick Rude, why did you leave the WWF? <laughs> exactly, that's exactly how he said it. Rude brings up that being the Intercontinental Champion, and he was the number one contender, and he should have got a title shot and said it never happened, and that's when I made the note, I guess he was coked out at SummerSlam 90 where he forgot yep. he got a world title shot. That mm-hmm. was my first note. Um, and then he said they were holding him back. JR jumps right into the Medusa allegations on Steamboat, and Rude said it's facts as they are trying to get a restraining order against Steamboat. Um, there's lots of booze, and then Rude says he can't blame Steamboat, though, as Medusa is beautiful, but she's all his. And then he, um, 
And then he calls Deucey out. I love the nickname Deucey, by the way. <laughs> it makes you feel like a, like a big piece of shit. It just makes me think about. But anyway. It makes me want to drop a Deucey. Yeah, he calls out Deucey. A couple Ducey, of haters in here. And the note I made about Deucey is in this outfit, she looks like a worker on HBO's Cat House show. That was my note. Jesus, what a pull. Hey, Cat House, very underrated I, show. I, I, I said it looked like she grand marshaled a rodeo. Oh, that, I have that on a later note. God damn it, Logan. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I, Schiff and Logan, I assume you've never seen the TV show Cat House, or have you? Is that something that goes, comes on HBO at night? It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a show about the uh, Buddy Ranch, the, mm-hmm. the, the whorehouse out in Las Vegas. No, I've never seen it. Uh, I was a Cinemax after dark guy. I, I, I'm, I'm familiar. I've, I've read about it. I've never I knew, it. I knew, I knew Matt would not let me down in that. Uh, then there's this long skit of women coming out of the audience claiming they'd be having affairs with Steamboat. Including Missy fucking up her lines to start it all, which killed me. Um, first one wants to be Rude's first lady. The girls start saying each other a line and calling each other stupid sluts. JR, JR shits on him and asks for security. Rude said he's stunned and he apologized to Mrs. Steamboat. This came out out of his time. Okay, there was a lot of this that was awesome. I did like laughing, but this is fucking awesome. No. This is awful wrestling theater at its worst. And by the way, the Some blonde, it's best. the blonde tan girl in this is actually Rick Rude's real what real life wife at this time. So, uh, Matt, I will go to you first. <laughs> God, where to start with this? Uh, so first of all, Randy Owen, uh, he looks like a red state BG. Was in one of my notes. Ooh, um, good one. I like that. Uh, Rick Rude wearing a shirt during this that looks like the cover of the children's book, The Rainbow Fish. Look it up, kids. My goodness. <laughs> uh. Uh, first question, why did Rude leave the WWF? Oh, he never got a title shot. Wrong. No. Why, why did you, my kids are big fans of wrestling. <laughs> why did you leave the WWF? Uh, I, I hated this whole thing. Like, I, I get, we'll you get didn't to laugh ship. a little bit. Like, I no, I did. I did laugh. Okay. But okay. To, this whole thing to me, like, look, they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of the trash TV thing. Right. But to me, it felt very tryhard. And I just I don't I don't think it worked like it it doesn't make sense that they're doing this. Yeah, I just I don't know. It just for me, it wouldn't end. Uh, Rude wants to fuck a woman in the audience. Uh, two women all of a sudden claim now they're having an affair with Steamboat. Like what is happening? <laughs> like there were parts where I literally didn't know what was happening. And then you had the blonde girl. Who you said it was the blonde girl who you said was Steamboat's yes. wife, right? No, yeah, no, she, no, uh, no, Rude's wife. Rude's wife. Rude's wife. Rather, uh, rather, yeah. Uh, she has a tan that's almost problematic. So uh, there, there well, was problematic. Uh, all right. <laughs> this was uh, uh, this was sensory overload. I feel like, and uh, certainly not what I was expecting when you put this in the the uh, the watch list. But yeah, for me, it just felt very uh, very. It felt like a very great value version of one of these type of like Sally Jesse Raphael type of uh, shows. Yeah, I agree. And, and very, uh, and listen, I'm not a big Rick Rude fan, but this seems very out of a Rude kind of thing that he would do. Like when mm-hmm. like him and Steamboat in a segment like this, being part of a segment like this, or even like just, it just makes no sense. It doesn't really. It's, yeah, me. it's yeah. super. It's a weird, this whole uh, Rude. Steamboat feud, which I really liked at the start, it took a weird fucking turn out of nowhere. It sure did. Uh, Logan, I will go to you next because I know Schiff likes it, and I'd rather hear you first. <laughs> no, th- this is fucking terrible. This is it- it's so sloppy and just it's just so bad. But like I said, Medusa looks like she just Grand Marshal the rodeo. Um, like y'all said, Rude shits on the WWF holding him down despite him getting a title shot uh, at SummerSlam. Like you said. 
Um, this is terrible. Rick Rude's wife looked like she like rolled around in cocoa powder before this or something like that. Uh, she is the brownest person I think I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, that's that. All right. Uh, all right, Schiff. Uh, just let us have it how much you love this segment. Oh, it was beautiful. Stupid wrestling tropes. It was awesome. And, like, you know, you got to tell a little bit of story. I loved how Rude says... Um, with when the first chick was someone becoming her first lady, he says she has the body qualifications, but need to see how she puts that body in motion. Okay, that was pretty funny. I did laugh at that. <laughs> it wasn't even his wife, <laughs> and his um, wife's right there, apparently. Yeah, and then, like, I guess that because then she calls her a slut, and I was that's like, why she calls her a slut. Then, <laughs> yeah, this is all yeah, awesome. Right? Um, I said, three women <laughs> no, said they were having an affair with Ricky. I said, good for him. Rude and then apologizing to Miss Steamboat. <laughs> that was okay. awesome. See, see, here's the problem. Ugh. I agree with Schiff on the comedy value because I did laugh, but mm. I don't think it fitted the narrative of how good I think this feud has been built. That's and it seemed thing. like they just that's that's the problem. That's just, the thing for me. Yeah. yeah. So Schiff, I don't disagree with you on how entertaining it was. It just didn't fit the narrative, I guess, would have been the way I would have put it. And by the way, any of these women would have been better than that bitch Bonnie for Steamboat. Bonnie, if you're listening, we do apologize. Yeah, I seriously doubt Bonnie Steamboat is listening to this podcast. You don't know that. Well, maybe she is. And if you are, uh, hello, Miss Steamboat, or ex-Steamboat. Anyway. Her, her and his th- three other ex-wives are probably listening. Correct. They're having All a right. party. Yeah. So we're going to jump into our first match of the night. It is two out of three TV title rematch. Uh, Barry Wyndham versus Steve Austin. So they replay the footage from the match two weeks ago that we talked about on our podcast. Um, Austin definitely um, has a different presence vibe with this haircut. It's really interesting. Like, it's almost like a whole different, like, feel around him since mm-hmm. he cut all that hair off, so it's weird. Uh, shockingly, Austin takes control first with a headlock, which is rare because usually Austin gets his uh, ass handed to him at the beginning of every match. But um, even after even after holding, like, Barry even suplexes him, and he still manages to hold on and have, like, the advantage on the headlock. Um, Barry does a funny version of a leapfrog, but stands on one leg while lifting the other uh, one over Austin's, then drop kicks him, which I thought was pretty good. Um, then he punches Austin over the top rope. Austin would spare to the corner, charges, gets a big boot to the face, to the lariat for two. Paul is on his phone crying, and Austin takes control and uses the rope for leverage on a head scissors on Barry. Barry hits a sweet DDT, and then Barry kind of hits a very simplistic superplex for three, and Barry pretty easily wins fall number one. Fall number two. Austin elbows Barry over the top rope. Austin works Barry, um, works his back over in the ring. Uh, Paul holds TV title up and yells in Barry's face while Austin does his 30th threshold of the match. Barry's face selling um, how beat up he is is um, after a clothesline and turnbuckle shot is pretty good. Like literally, Barry looks like he's been on a freaking all night binger because his face just looks all like distorted and like he just got the shit kicked out of him. Looks really good. And then Austin hits a stun gun for three after dominating fall number two. So Austin's looking really, really strong here, which is great. Ball number three, Austin tosses Barry outside, suplexes him for two. Austin hits a second rope elbow, another damn chin lock. Then we get a um, then we get a bulletin across the screen, which pops me, telling us that Steamboat contacted WCW to d- deny tonight's allegations. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. Um, yes, sir. Austin totally dominates the uh, fall number three. Then the ref gets knocked down by accident as Austin slams Wyndham. Austin goes for a belt shot. Barry ducks and rolls Austin to ropes and a back for three. Crowd goes nuts. We have a new TV champ. Austin nails Barry with the belt and beats him up with it as Paul eggs him on. Austin walks out, Austin walks out with the belt. 
So with lots of process here. I really, really liked how strong Austin looked in this. I thought he dominated the last two falls. I think it's the best he's actually looked. Uh, Barry Selling, I thought, was great. And then, pull out, and then you pull out the win, which I thought was good, too. Um, but again, still a lot of Austinisms with too many rest holds. But overall, I thought this was good. Um, I think it, with less rest holds, it probably would have been 3.5. But I went three and a quarter and shift. I'll go to you first. Yeah, I went three stars on this. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked uh, the um, when they were fighting out of the uh, when they were outside of the ring before the first fall, and like Barry just drills Austin with a uh, clothesline, and then um, the suplex. I liked the little, he. It, this was only for a two, but it was very nice. He hit a suplex and then rolled over to a pin immediately. I don't know. It just was so smooth. It was awesome. Um, but uh. Yeah, like Barry hitting the suplex, I was shocked. Like, uh, I mean, he did hit a nice DDT first. I wish he would have hit that and been there. But um, the stun gun, like the stun gun, he actually worked on that because he was working over Barry's back. I know that's his throat, but like he was getting him like weak because he hit a nice gut wrench suplex beforehand and then even had a camel clutch on him and then caught him with the stun gun. Um, yeah, I, I, I do agree that uh, this was the best that Austin looked in a while. Um, and of course, it's the match he loses. But um, I was shocked that Barry won the TV title here. I was unfamiliar with him winning any titles besides the, that weird international title in uh, 1993. But um, it, it was it was pretty nice. Like like I said, I really liked it a lot. Um, and going back to work in the back, uh, Barry tried to slam and his back went out. So like it was nice little. That was in the third fall, and then the ref getting bumped on the suplex and Austin missing the belt shot. So it was awesome. Yeah, three stars. Sorry. All right. Souza? Yeah, I'm with you, Sean. I went three and a quarter on it. It's a good match, but I can't help but feel like, again, we've talked about it ever since they've started doing this stuff. I feel like the two out of three falls step kind of hurt it. Like, I, I feel like this could be great if this was a one fall match because I feel like it wouldn't be as tentative and it probably wouldn't have gone as long as it do- does because I think this is what this is close to 30, is I believe. If I Aren't remember. they all that <laughs> two out of three equals 30? I know. And it's a real problem, which we'll get to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the thing for me is like we're still seeing headlocks in the third fall here. It's like, all right, come on now. Like, can we can we do something with a little more pep besides a fucking front face lock in the third fall? Like, I, I get that they're trying to sell exhaustion and wearing a guy down, but it's like, oh god, it it doesn't make for the most exciting of watch. But I did, I did enjoy the match. I thought Barry looked great in winning. Um, Austin, like you guys have said, I think it was one of the best. He's Certainly looked and certainly one of his uh, better uh, title defenses for sure. Uh, Wyndham got cut open at one point too after a great punch by Austin. So I thought that was uh, that was a nice touch too. Uh, Paul also at one point from the floor, he's floor, he's taunting Barry with the belt. I thought that was uh, really well done. So yeah, Austin looked strong in losing, and it was kind of like a, a slip on a banana peel type of finish too in the third fall where he uh, he kind of got rolled up because of a fuck up. So it keeps Austin strong in losing too, which is a thing uh, Austin hasn't looked strong and winning and now he's going to look strong when he's losing so but uh yeah three and a quarter for me on this so basically we have to come to almost the end of this podcast series for one austin to look really good and two to get rid of todd champion right okay so, big episode so what is big, big, yeah, big happenings tonight uh, logan what did you think it, it all came to a happy end uh is what, what we're coming up to um i thought it was really good i went three and a half um, both guys trade some good wear down holds to kind of open things up. Um, 
Really good back and forth first of all, I thought. Uh, lots of good strikes. I really liked the superplex uh, taking the win in the first one. Uh, second of all, is a little more plotting, uh, but still good. Love seeing Austin hit the stun gun on a big guy like Wyndham. Looks extra devastating when he does that. Um, the third fall was great. Uh, really tied the match together. I uh, don't know if I would have gone with uh, Wyndham winning with the roll-up, but it kind of made sense ha- with how the match was going and kind of the, you know, he was swinging the belt at him, so he rolled him up uh, out of that. So, But I, I thought the attack after by Austin was awesome, and he walks away with the belt despite losing it. Um, but, yeah, I went three and a half. thought it was really solid. Awesome. So what was the total on that, Logan? Three and a quarter. Oh, and as always, because I always do this late, what's the worst match we've ever watched on this podcast, Logan? Uh, I think Zabisco Nikita took it on our last. Uh, oh, our episode, so I think it did. And the best mm-hmm. match is still the Clash match. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we might possibly beat that on our final episode. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see. All right, so we'll go. Anything to do with it? <laughs> uh, stop that. There, there is no. There is. We're only. We're only focusing on the match itself on that watch. Remember that. All right, <laughs> May tenth. So we're moving on to May tenth, nineteen ninety-two, and it is uh, the Sunday main event show. Uh, our second match of the evening, uh, Larry Zabisco and Bobby Eaton. And by the way, so far, just do the count. We're in the final countdown, two war games. And so far, the Dangerous Alliance is 0-1 as we get into this next match. So it's Larry Zabisco and Bobby Eaton versus Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff. What a team. So first note I made is Ricky and Nikita are officially a team for the NWA Tag Team Tournament. And I said, boy, what a, uh, what a tale of two signs there with two men who are very, very different. I never would have put these two together as a team, and I don't know why they did that. But anyway, Nikita muscles Bobby off uh, from ring to the floor. Uh, Paul is yelling to use a closed fist at Larry, which I thought was pretty funny because it wasn't really anything Larry could have done about it. Bobby hits a suplex that Nikita no sells. Larry comes in. Uh, Tony and TA pit JR's radio show and low-key shit on it being on AM radio, which popped the fuck out of me. That was hilarious. Uh, Nikita slams both heels multiple times. The crowd's delight. Steamboat comes in. There's a leafy leg scissors to Bobby to the mat. Koloff and Larry in, and Larry gets swinging neckbreaker. Nikita shoves Larry's face first to the corner. All four in the ring. Larry throws Steamboat outside. Nikita blocks a double team and sickles Eaton. Steamboat up top. Steamboat body press on Larry for three, and the crowd goes nuts. I actually enjoyed this match quite a bit. I was going into it with pretty low expectations, especially on a main event show on a Sunday night. And, of course, since Larry has been not great, but again, Alliance loses again on the way to War Games. 0-2 tonight, and I went two and a half stars. Shiflet, I'll go to you first. God, it sucks when we sync up together like we're on our periods. I went two and a half as well. Um, I, I love uh, Koloff Hogan when he's no-selling Eaton Suplex, and mm-hmm. then like Bobby tags to Larry, and Nikita just slams both of them down, so it's like... Why do we have Ricky? It is weird that we ha- like because we're gonna see this, like you said, through the NWA tournament. So it, it is weird, but um, and then um, you know, then we get tags to Ricky and Bobby and um, Steamboat with a chop to Bobby. Bobby punched Ricky in the face, but he has the mask on and it hurt Bobby's hand. That was a nice selling um, point right there. And then um, nice flying head scissors from Ricky. Uh, and Larry actually had the pin on Nikita, but he didn't hook three, and he was able to kick out. That was a nice – I think even JR pointed that out. Um, and I love uh, Steamboat hitting the crossbody block, and it's over. I went, Like I said, two and a half, and we see Paulie and Larry arguing afterwards. Yep, so that's, uh, continuing that storyline. Uh, Logan, what do you think? Uh, I went two and a quarter like you did, Sean. I, I enjoyed it, uh, but mostly because Larry got his ass kicked for most of it, as did, as did Eaton. Uh, Eaton starts off real rough. He gets 
bashed around by both Steamboat and Koloff. Uh, I said Nikita may suck in this run, but he has the fans in the palm of his hands. They're all over anything he does when he, he's throwing around uh, Eaton and Larry here. Uh, he is quite dumb for at one point he wrestles towards the opponent's corner and kind of gets uh, double teamed. Uh, so he was stupid. He was stupid for that. Um, but just complete domination and continued burial of Larry and honestly Bobby too. I felt like Bobby really got crushed in this match uh, as as well as Larry. So yeah, two and a quarter. Uh, but I mostly for watching the, the Dangerous Alliance get their ass kicked at this point. Well, he, he's called in the suck of of Larry, so that's why it, like yeah, just brings him down to the level. His suck orbit, yeah. The yeah. Suck the suck of Larry. Uh, <laughs> the Susan, <succubus. laughs> Susan, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I thought this was super basic. I mean, the crowd was hot for it, like you guys said, and I can't figure out why the crowd is so hot for Nikita, too. It's super weird, considering this guy was a fucking Russian heel for most of his career, so that's hey, super... Hey, he's Lithuanian now, and he was part of the superpowers. He represents oh. Lithuania, and that heel run was a long time ago, Sousa. I've made a terrible <laughs> mistake. I do apologize. Um, yeah, I just thought it was super basic. Again, uh, Larry Z looking like a fool in this match, getting his ass pee, and like you said, I mean, uh, Bob and uh, getting sucked into his suck vortex of suck. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see it, what you guys saw in this match. I only went one and three quarter on it. My goodness. For shame. Was, I'll go fuck myself. I really, I really think it's your Koloff. You, you, are, you are a big Koloff. You're not a Koloff guy by any stretch. During this stretch? You're an anti Koloffer. No. You, you know why I'm an anti Koloffer in 1992? Because he's terrible. He's That's just, he was just in a two and a half star match. Don't worry, Vader's about to take care of him. Yeah, Thank Vader, Vader, Vader will end him here in a few months, Matt. It's I was okay. going to say, but we're not going to see that, so I can't even enjoy it. No, no you cannot. <laughs> but God yes. damn it. I'm, I'm never going to watch 92 WCW again after this, so I'll never see it. That's right. You, may, you never see it because I, I know, well, I watched uh, more W. Well, we'll get into that on our next episode. I believe about. we did that uh, that pay per view for uh, chicken salad. So check that out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah nice plug there. All right, yeah. so we are going to go to uh, we're going to wrestle war weekend for match number three. I'm going to go into May 16th, 1992, and we're going to WCW. Uh, bro, two and four. a quarter on that last match, Sean. Okay, thank you. Two That's and a quarter. Too damn high. No, you were wrong. That was the halfway <laughs> decent match. Uh, so. <laughs> Now, this match is a whole other story. Uh-huh. Uh, it is Nikita Koloff versus Arn Anderson. And the first note I made is in late 1987, this match might have been okay. But in mid-92, I hope Arn can carry a bag of shit. That was my exact note. Wow. Um, Arn Boy, out for with- someone who just heaped a lot of praise on Koloff. Well, you know, I Koloff in tag team and Koloff in singles, very differential for me. That's a good, that's a good uh, point. Arn is out with Paul E. Tony's playing up the skepticism around Nikita and his once to held sting, which, and by the way, they're still selling this, even going into the match, um, and it plays out in war games. Uh, Nikita does a shoulder block, then flexes at Arn and looks at the crowd, wanting Hulk Hogan-like approval. Like, Schiff brought it up earlier. Nikita does a lot of stuff, very Hogan-like, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get those Hogan-level pops when he does it. Uh, then we get a hammerlock. Arn escapes. That don't work for me, brother. He goes up top. Nikita cocks that was the arm for the That's the worst so, anyway. I've ever heard. It was Hulk Hogan Nikita combined. Yeah, Still that was horrible. Bad. Anyway, back to the match. Aaron goes up top. Nikita cocks his arm for a sickle and an arm bails outside for Paul motivation. Tony pimps Arn as a single uh, wrestler, wanting a shot at Sting. There's more Nikita arm work. Then arm works. Then Arn works Nikita's arm using the ropes. And I put so much arm. 
Nikita does a flying shoulder block and a sickle, eating him for the DQ, then Dustin out, then Austin out. With long hair, by the way, which means their taping schedule is shit because he's had short hair now for the last three weeks, and on this show tonight, he still has his long hair. We get a three-way brawl. Tony pimps war games. The match is utter and complete ass. I went uh, three-quarters of a star on this, and Schiff, I'll let you go first. Yeah, this is a bad match. Arn, um, That's cannot, it. Bad match. Cannot polish this turd. Um the only thing that I, it's just bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I still won one just, but uh, Tony did say something I thought was very impressive. He said that Arn has been in every war games, which um, yeah. is crazy because like when he left for WWF, I, I guess they didn't have any war games. So um, now it's just, uh, it was just bad. One star. All, all right. Uh, Logan. Yeah, I went one star as well. Um, mostly for this spot that I'm about to talk about, uh, Arn Anderson was on the top rope and Nikita sat up like he was, uh, the undertaker and Arn's reaction was, uh, absolutely top notch. Uh, he, he freaked out and his eyes got about as big as his head. Um, but yeah, a lot of arm work in this one. Um, I thought the launch off the atomic drop was amazing. Um, of course he hits the sickle and serial interfere uh bobby eaton comes in serial and, uh, and attacks <laughs> so uh, that that's that's his role in the dangerous alliance at this point he is the interferer if anybody's going to interfere in a match always bobby eaton so um yeah so i that that's what i've titled him but uh yeah one star it was not very good a lot of a lot of rest holds and pretty blah all right, uh, Matt, uh, just for the record, uh, we are 0-3 tonight for the Alliance. <laughs> so yeah. you go ahead. What's your, what do you got on this uh, one? I, I also went one star on this. Uh, if you like stalling and arm work, then this is the match for you. Uh, this match is basically just one giant arm lock. Uh, certainly didn't need a fucking DQ finish in this match either. And uh, face Nikita, uh, he's kind of like, uh, this is a joke for the comic book fans out there. He's like Red Sun Superman, basically. Mm. It's, it's very strange to me. You could have just said regular Superman and I would have accepted it. Do what? Oh, what a... <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, can't read. Yes. Uh, well, well, he can look at pictures. There's pictures in comic books. Do what? <laughs> no, that was, right. I hate. I mean, Red Sun Superman means nothing to me because Superman overall sucks. So I was just making a comment about that. Shit. Uh, shout out to Tim Capel. But, uh, that, was, yes. that, was, that was my shout out to Tim Capel. That is uh, but uh, yes, one star, maybe the worst darn match I've ever seen. All right, so Logan, make the math easy. Put me down for one star. Okay. All right. Even though so I'd we, already done the math, I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> so we're going to continue this journey. Uh, we're going to Worldwide Wrestling the same weekend. First up, we have a Steamboat interview where Steamboat, uh, still milking that nose job beating in his black eye, says he's had problems at home dealing with his four-year-old and his injuries from Rude. Says his son now understands the business that he is in now. Then he gets angry about Medusa calling him a sex predator. Uh, and he says, this dragon is breathing fire, says he's going to be get his nemesis, and he stutters on nemesis like 20 times like I do on an arachnoman. I don't know if you caught that or not. Uh, yeah, he doesn't want the woman. He wants his belt. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for this feud to move on because I'm kind of done after that whole fucking shit show that we saw with the Reed interview and in this, in this interview here with the whole sex predator thing. I am officially starting to turn on this feud. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I'm not even going to anyone else. I'm going to go to you on this one. 
Yeah, this sucked. <laughs> uh, this is this is complete horseshit. Like, uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, it's time for the. If this is what this feud is gonna be, then we should just fucking end it because there, there's no reason for it. And uh, isn't Steamboat's kid like three at this point? How could the kid? But he possi- understands the business. Right. That's what I'm getting at. How could he possibly understand the business? He's a toddler. What are you talking about? That makes no goddamn sense. Well, I, he said his son was upset at first because the bruise is on his dad. And then I guess like his son seen uh, Bonnie wilding out and yelling at Ricky in front of Richie. I taught so, my son about kayfabe. Yeah, I love we're um, talking like Ricky and Richie. We sound like we're talking like a fifties TV show here. It's Ricky oh. and Richie and Bonnie and. It does, well, it does these are the people of your age demographic, Sean. With oh, names, so. yeah, that was very unnecessary. WCW was actually Happy Days, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, I, I will it's say, the steam fucking leave it to Beaver. Um. So Shif, if you like, so Shif, you like this interview? I will, yeah, I because okay, uh, Logan, has, how about you? Steve <laughs> has two. <laughs> Go ahead, Shif. Steve has two good lines where he said that this dragon is breathing fire, and this dragon and the dragon has not been put out. Which I don't know what the hell that means. But I he wish says, he was put out. I wish, I, I'm ready for this feud to be put out. <laughs> says I'm gonna get you my nemesis by taking the U.S. title. No, it's nemesis. See, it's not nemesis. nemesis, nemesis, nemesis. Ne- he, yeah, right. <laughs> he had a man problems. Yes. We've all been there. Okay. It's, I uh, have. Yeah, yeah. You're correct. I have. Uh, all right, Logan. Please tell me you hated it as much as Susan I did. I, I was kind of ambivalent on it. I didn't care whether one way or another. I, I did not like it. I'll say, but I did not. Uh, it didn't really register enough for me to hate it either, I guess. All right, Schiff is still feeling the love of this feud. So we'll move on to our next match. Okay, so this one I was excited for because these guys have had some really good matches over our last few episodes. So it is Dustin versus Bobby again. Um, and like I said, the last few matches they've had have been really, really good. So these, um, so Bobby's out with Paul. Tony brings up the Diamond Stud interference from the last match they had. These two literally, from the start, go balls to the walls as Dustin charges and they go at it on the floor. The crowd loses it on the hot start. In the ring, Dustin yells at Paul Lee as Bobby gets himself together. Dustin throws Bobby um, standing on apron into the post and clotheslines him on a rebound to the floor, which I thought looked really good. Um, outside on the floor, Bobby needs Dustin in the back into the railing throw first. Uh, Bobby does a leg lock around Dustin's throat back in ring while Paul pulls his hands for leverage. Again, I like that. Dustin comes back with punches and elbows and then the jumping lariat. He does a forward roll out of nowhere for three. Like The, the, the pinfall came out of nowhere. Um, the Bobby grabs uh, Dustin as uh, Stud comes in. He goes to clothesline Dustin, but Dustin ducks and Stud nails Bobby. Dustin drop kicks Stud outside. Polly pushes Stud back as Bobby, literally, as this is all going on, just walks to the back with this big old fuck it face because he looks really highly annoyed. And I, you can probably tell Bobby's about done with this DA bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as good as their other matches, but this little series between them has been good. I went two and a quarter. Uh, Bobby, again, being an afterthought, he's just walked away. I thought it was pretty telling. And definitely looked like they were moving towards Studs as a DA member, like they brought up in the Meltzer notes earlier. So not a bad match. But again, this whole Diamond Stud thing really went nowhere. So uh, Schiff, I'll go to you first. What did you think of this? I, I liked how they started fighting in the aisleway. Like, that was great. Runs, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Runs down and starts fighting with him. And like, you know, they're like the bell rings to kick off the match. And it's like Bobby just walks around outside. He's like, what the hell am I doing? Um, Jesse said that Paulie doesn't hit people with his phone. He calls people, which I don't know, just made me laugh really hard. Jesse's been phenomenal in yeah. the few times we've actually uh, seen him. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll hurt him. Um, but yeah, uh, Dustin uh, has been a, has been a revelation. Uh, Sean, I'm sorry. I'm stealing your thunder with that. Cause you it's brought okay. it. 
okay. But he's just he's just been so good. Like it, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but it's interesting to me to see what would happen if Hogan didn't come to WCW. Mm. Uh, especially with Dustin and Austin. That's a whole no- different podcast, but I've just been marinating on it for a while. Hey, on a separate note, and this is off the this is kind of off topic a little bit with Dustin. You know, when I was younger and I was watching this, I didn't really understand how Dustin went into that whole feud with Rude and then he ended up winning that US title later on. And it's like, man, that seemed like awful. Like I never really thought Dustin matched up to like being that guy against Rude. And boy, is I wrong after watching this podcast because <laughs> Holy shit. Well, th- there's also a match he has with Vader, which is Yeah, I've seen good. that one too, but I never really I never really correlated Dustin being good enough to face either one of those type of guys and after coming out of this pod I am 100% wrong. 100%. Yeah, so. it, he he's he's great. Shout out to Dustin Rhodes. I know you're listening, buddy, while you're training wrestlers. Yeah. Um, so, uh I loved how um Bobby was using his knee to knock Dustin out um to the gate and then like he falls like throat first on the gate. Uh, like on the outside gate, which was pretty impressive. Uh, and Jesse Lynn says, I bet Dustin was wishing that he was roping goats. Mm. Mm. He breaks Tony. Tony yep. starts laughing, yep. and Jesse is just like laughing at Tony. He's like, you got anything to say, Tony? Like, Yeah, he, he has can... to mute himself because he's laughing so, so good. hard. Yeah, and he's like, I wish I had someone professional who wouldn't just laugh at everything I'm saying. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, I liked how Lynn, like Bobby, was working Dustin's throat after that, and then um, Dustin firing off punches and elbows, and he he got he doesn't he got he didn't get all the lariat, and they called out for it, so he went for the victory roll for three, so a little bit of a botched ending, but but still very very nice. I went two and a half, and like you said, Sean, we still see more of the diamond stud, but then we don't see him after spoiler at, Rus- uh, at Russell War. So do you think like he was already gone by Lynn, or I would have to research, but he's not in the NWA tournament. He's not on the class. I think he's gone. Like. He might be gone before that even hit the air. Who knows? I wonder if he saw <laughs> if he saw who was coming back and was just like, "I'm I'm good, I'm good, Chico." Yeah, but it would have been interesting, like to see him with a run. I mean, I, I would hope they wouldn't have kept him as the Diamond Stud if he had joined the Alliance. At least change I mean, his fucking Bill name. Bill Watts is a fucking moron. He probably would have. Probably, uh, Logan. What did you think? Uh, I I went two and a half as well, like Schiff. Uh, I love the immediate brawling in the in the aisle way. I think they did that in a previous match as well. Um, Tony and Tony and uh, Jesse have a good little argument back and forth uh, at the beginning of the match about Pauly. Um, Rhodes going face first into the guardrail is pretty gross at one point. Um, it, like Schiff said, Ventura makes Tony laugh so hard he has to mute himself when he was talking about all the goat ropers. You've heard of them, haven't you? <laughs> haven't you, Tony? Um, so I, I popped so hard for that. I, I thought the end was a little clunky because um, I think it was supposed to be a bulldog, uh, but it kind of ended up being treated as a uh, clothesline followed by a roll-up. Uh, but I went two and a half like Schiff uh, as well, so I thought it was really enjoyable. All right, and uh, Souza. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I went two and a half. I feel like we've seen this match 800 times during this podcast, but they've all been super entertaining. Like these guys just have great chemistry with one another. You can, it's like a cookie cutter type of match. They're all similar, but they were all really good. Uh, there was one point at the match where uh, Anton Shiger from No Country for Old Men taunts Bobby in at ringside. So that was interesting to see him there. 
Um, yeah, the roping goat stuff was fantastic, and, and the finish was a little wonky, but uh, I, I still enjoyed it. And boy, the Dangerous Alliance uh, not looking very good going into war games, which uh, I personally think is fucking stupid. But what do I know? I don't book a wrestling company, so yeah, this was good, but maybe a notch below their usual stuff, but uh, still uh, two and a half for me. All right, Logan, well, knock me up two and a half. Easy back All right. All right. Cool. I don't right. want to knock you up. That, that, that sounds my goodness. my goodness, Logan. I'll do it. Uh, all right. So two uh, and a that's half. your father you're talking about. All right. So, so we are now going to go to Saturday night. Um, and <laughs> this is here we are. Uh, we're getting ready for war games. We're going into Saturday night. And uh, we got the main event match coming up uh, the next night. And these will be the last two matches before war games. Before I talk about the match on Saturday night, I want to talk about, again, one of these great promos they do to plug what their match is going to be two out of three next week. So you would think next week will be the week after War Games. They have a two out of three falls matches that they're going to do with the DA of Eaton, Larry, and Arn versus Steamboat, Koloff, and Rhodes. So you think coming out of War Games, they might come up with some kind of heated thing to kind of pop that, right? So here's what they get. Larry says the DA has a model for two or three falls. They don't need a third fall. And then what I wrote after that was, um, okay, I guess because they lose two straight like he did in that 30-minute one versus Nikita. That was my note. That's all Larry said in that promo. And then Dustin says a promo, says, you are looking power, finesse, and a natural, and next week we'll see how tough you all are. That's how they plugged the six-man that they're going to do on the following week. Uh, Logan, what do you think of this? Uh, just pretty basic and you just kind of unnecessary, but you know, they have to put these stupid interviews in for some reason. So yeah, pretty basic and unnecessary, I guess. So wouldn't you, at least if you're going to pre-tape an interview coming out of war games, knowing it's coming out of war games, even if it's pre-taped, wouldn't you want a little more fire for that? Again, that's it's something that bugs me on the actual match they do, which I'll talk about that, in the next episode. That would, that, that would make sense, but it's WCW. All right. Yeah, I'll yeah, talk. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. They they're too stupid to think ahead like that. So yeah. God, it pisses me off so much. But I'll talk it's about. It's very angry. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So match number five. Speaking of angering, uh, it is Larry Zabisco and Arn Anderson versus Steamboat Nikita Colazzo and more Nikita, more Steamboat Nikita. So it is our it is an enforcers reunion, which I don't think any of us have really asked for, but here it is. So JR points out that Paul shakes hands with Arn and not Larry, so kind of to continue that cell of Larry dissension. Arn takes control of Ricky, immediately throwing him outside. Steamboat chops Arn again outside. Back inside, there's dueling sleepers. They collide on a Steamboat atomic drop, and Arn rebounds backwards off the corner. Arn is drop kicked off the top rope to the floor by Steamboat. Larry and Nikita come in. Shocker, Nikita does arm work. Uh, Nikita hits a sickle on Larry as all four in the ring and covers and then Eaton's out up top, off the top, and a DQ. So um, Eaton again, uh, the chronic, I forget what, Logan, what did you call Eaton? The what? Uh, the serial interfere. The serial interfere. So we have another <laughs> DQ. Uh, we are now 0-5 for the Alliance tonight. So they beat up the faces. Arn does a DDT to Nikita. Steve holds him off with a chair. And uh, this match happened. Very short, just there. And a lot of these matches tonight feel like they're telling these guys just to go out and do some shit just so people can see you and we can show the pay-per-view, but don't really put a lot of effort into it. Mm -hmm. I went one and a quarter star in this, but God, this fucking sucked. Uh, Matt, I'll go to you. 
Yeah, uh, very little uh, notes I have for this because it was very meh. Uh, I went a star and a half on it. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty good when Arn and Steamboat were in and absolutely terrible when Larry and Nikita were in. Weird. They were in the worst match, so naturally, let's uh, let's keep them uh, in the same, keep putting them in the same match, and weird. It was still uh, god-awful. Yeah, I, we get another DQ. Like, it, it was... It was fairly standard stuff. I did like the quick tags. I thought the quick tags were pretty good. Like, nobody really was in it for a long amount of time. Thank Christ we didn't have to see Larry and Akita for an extended period of time. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was kind of it. So, uh, yeah, star and a half for me. Just about as basic as it gets. All right. Uh, Logan. Uh, I went one and a half as well. Um, I, I thought there was a pretty good drop kick from Steamboat in the cell that followed uh, by Arn was awesome. Uh, but that was about as awesome as this match got. Uh, this was just a, another complete domination of the Dangerous Alliance. Kind of sad to see them uh, fading as quickly as they're fading uh, like this. Uh, and when Larry was in, it was especially just complete domination. Larry was just getting his ass kicked. Uh, I, I will say Arn got a little offense in, but still not very much. Uh, so, yeah, just complete domination again uh, by the opposers of the Dangerous Alliance. And the Dangerous Alliance looks like idiots. And uh, to answer the Scott Hall question, he was in his last televised match on May 8th. So, Wow. Uh, so wow, he's gone before Wrestle War, or his last match is before Wrestle War. So. Holy shit! So he's gone before that even hits. Like he's gone. Like he's gone by the time. But so he's gone by the time. Well, that, that's his last match. It's not when he left necessarily. Oh, okay, gotcha. Wow. All right, uh, Schiff, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm the high man here. I actually went two stars on us. <laughs> boy, boy, there's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on the uh, he's on highway to the impact zone, shocker. Oh, my bad. Right. He he was in a McDonald's commercial. Right. Um, so uh, I loved Arn and Ricky starting off like you guys said. Arn and Ricky, I, I really enjoyed them being in the match. Um, and I love how Ricky pulls Arn over the top ro- rope and gets a chop. No DQ called, by the way. Gotta love that. Um, then Ricky has a sleeper on Arn. Arn counters by, by running into the turnbuckle, and then Arn and Ricky's head hit each other. Then we get a tag to Larry, and he slams Ricky. Then a tag to Nikita. Nikita and Larry both suck. But I love how Nikita actually hit the sickle, but Bobby came off the top rope, and we get a DQ. And then the DA beats down Koloff, and Ricky comes in with a chair to uh, do him off. But yeah, it was it was just a fun match. Like it wasn't soul sucking like Nikita and Larry well, uh, in our last episode. I don't know about that. <laughs> I love the utter silence, by the way. <laughs> Chef, you sorry, okay? I yeah, I, I was, I was, I was letting you speak your piece. I said my piece. Well, there you go. <laughs> Take your piece and move on. <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk about our last match, uh, and it is from five seventeen. This is the night of uh, War Games Wrestle War. So the main event: Nikita Koloff versus Bobby. And so, so much Nikita tonight, guys. God. Um, so Bobby is out with Paul. Um, by the way, so we're at we're so we're here on the night of war games, right? But do they pimp war games? No. What they pimp is the Super Summer Sizzler Battle Royal at the Omni in June. I think I ordered that at Sonic. Yes. Yeah. So they don't even bring up war games. They just bring up the Super Summer Sizzler Battle Royal. So goddamn WCW is terrible. Was um, that the patty melt gimmick? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hey, Schiff, you remember on Crack and Roll, they, the Rock and Roll Express did the Super Summer Sizzler tour. You remember that? And it was very uncomfortable. 
Yeah, that made right. me Logan, so Logan, uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Yeah, Logan was there too. Yeah, because they had like the teeny bopper wooded dates, yep. the R and R's. You go, you go to like Kings, like well, ride roller coasters. Like, <laughs> yeah, you go to like Kings you're Island. You're 18 to 24. You get a date. Uh, First signing man, autographs at Sex Pests R Us. I, I forgot Logan. I forgot you were about that, but that was one of the most uncomfortable things we've ever had to cover on a crack and roll. Felt so. like I was on some type of list after watching but, it. Uh, so say, I would like to think that that's why I got canceled. <laughs> so what a what a what a gimmick to bring back and bring back some memories on that yeah. one. Anyway, uh, so you win a battle royal. <laughs> you win a battle royal, and if you're under eight or if you're 18, you win a date with Rick Rude or something like that. That's just awful. God. But anyway, uh, headlock. Uh, bad Nikita selling. Russian Hammer choked the mat, which visually I guess looked okay. Um, I didn't remember Nikita doing that like Russian Hammer gimmick, but I saw him do it in one of those uh, matches with uh, Magnum TA recently, and it looked a lot better then because it looked more savage. Uh, Koloff shoulder blocks Bobby outside. I like Bobby's hip toss block and clothesline that Nikita no sells. Bobby rakes the eyes and throws Nikita outside. Nikita goes to sickle Bobby outside, but Bobby ducks and, and Nikita sickle uh, sickles the post and sells it like a complete and fucking idiot, like. The selling he does on that post hit is absolutely stupid. Uh, Bobby works the arm. Nikita ducks on a rope throw, hits a sickle with a good arm for a quick three. And again, just another there match. But it was quick and fast, and at least Bobby tried to make this an okay match. Uh, the DA, by the way, goes into war games 0-6 on this watch, guys. Just terrible booking on a go-home show. Um, I went one star in this match. Uh, Logan, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I went a little bit high. I just went one and a half. Um Nikita must have had some kind of clause in his contract to take as little offense as possible because he just he just kicks everybody's ass and nobody gets hardly any offense on on him or over him at all. Usually, if he anybody else gets offense, it's because he did something stupid, like you said, like hitting the post and selling it like terribly. Um, there's no denying uh, Koloff has the crowd support, like Matt said earlier. I don't know why, but uh, he he is super over uh, with the crowd. They they blow up for everything that he does um i love that eaton serial interferer as i've said before mm-hmm. is the first to interfere in everyone's match but it seems like every time he has a match nobody comes out to help him so <laughs> i wonder i wonder where i wonder how that makes him feel i wonder if that makes him as sad as he was with his pumpkin at uh halloween havoc the previous year well i think bobby's done like we saw that da thing he just walked out like fuck you guys like i just feel like bobby's just done with this bullshit he's mm-hmm. tired of it Yep. Um, uh, Schiff, what do you think? Sort of like us. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> us. Yeah, that sounds about right, Schiff. Uh, this match was a banger. I went three and a half. <laughs> Shut up. You did not. I went a, a star and a half. Um, I I loved how they threw a test of strength and Nikita just throws Bobby across the ring, which which I liked. Um, and Magnum and Tony even still saying how they don't trust Nikita. They don't trust Nikita with Sting. So like you know. Yep. That's leading up, and we'll actually see next episode if what happens with that. And I love that Magnum, even after uh, like Nikita turned babyface after his accident, he still doesn't trust Nikita really because of the war that they went through. So that was a nice little bit of continuity. Um, Nikita nearly killed Bobby with a back body drop. Bobby landed literally on his head, and Tony and uh, Magnum have to point it out. And then Nikita threw Bobby outside. Bobby's back in and gets a headlock on Nikita to make sure. I don't know. His whole body is probably still in the right position. <laughs> um, like He almost killed him on that back body drop. And then Bobby was working the arm so he can't use the sickle. But then Nikita, Nikita hits the sickle with the other hand and it's over. So a star and a half. Star and a half. All right. Uh, Sousa. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Nikita didn't take a lot of offense in his matches because he was afraid his spine was going to sever, so he wanted to do all the offense. Uh, crowd loved this for some reason. I don't fucking get it. Uh, we have Ultimate Koloff here. He acted like the Ultimate Warrior for this entire match, just fucking no-selling everything. that This whole episode! Yeah, pr- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Koloff. I mean, it's just, it's so bad. It's uh, he just he sounds like a bad pasta dish. (laughs) (laughs) Will you come get the ultimate call off at Nikita's pulse of pasta? Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm sensing a pattern in Nikita singles matches where he uh, he does nothing for a while and stalls, and then uh, all of a sudden he just no sells everything, and that was pretty much the story of this match. Uh, The Dangerous Alliance looking fucking terrible uh, before one of the biggest matches of the year coming up at the pay-per-view so the booking makes zero goddamn sense I don't get it like you mean to tell me Nikita couldn't lose one of these matches or get pinned by one in one of these matches it makes no fucking sense so uh, I only went a star on this and I feel like that's being generous I yeah so uh, total score on that one Logan would you go Matt uh, one star that would be Shift, play the music 1.25 <laughs> Okay, so that ends our watch. Uh, Jesus Christ, what a fucking, like, (laughs) just shit. Like, yeah. So remember that old show, Pedestal, some of you on who listen, that Mm -hmm. we talk Mm -hmm. about a great match and the build to War Games? Yeah. Well, here you are, the final week in the Dangerous Alliance, uh, 0-6 going into the build. So, all right, so we are... So this will be the final time that we do our awards uh, because on our next episode, we reach the end. Uh, so best match of the night uh, for me, Austin versus uh, Wyndham. I assume that's for everybody. Easiest one, easiest best match award of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that was the only good match. So, yeah. <laughs> easiest one. Uh, worst match uh, for me, it's the everything one, the, else. Well, we, we could go everything else. But for me, it's the last one we just watched. The Nikita uh, versus Eaton. Was I, the I'd go call off Warren. Yeah, uh, uh, I can't. I can't uh, give it to. Arn. I'm going call off Arn as well. I can't give it to Arn. It kills me to give it to Arn. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, how about this? We'll just say Nikita. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, on the on the journey, <laughs> dangerous life. Uh, I think I'm giving it a big fat goose egg, guys, because they went zero and six, and they're going into the biggest match of this entire podcast run. With 0.0 momentum, I'm going on a big fat goose egg. Uh, Souza. I'm right there with you. Zero. <laughs> Fucking, the, the booking makes zero sense. Like, it makes the Dangerous, I mean, the Dangerous Alliance have looked stupid many other times in the, in the course of this watch. But this might arguably be the worst they have looked. They didn't win shit. They actively lost everything. Going into uh, the biggest match of the year for WCW, it makes zero goddamn sense to me. Zero. And by the way, I know I skipped least the most dangerous. We'll get to that in a minute. But I had to jump right to this one because I had to go goose egg and I knew Matt would. Schiff, I don't know about you. I assume you'll be goose egg, but I could be totally off base. I don't know about you, colon, the Scott Schifflet story. I'm I'm going one just for the Rude and Steamboat uh, thing. That's why you're going one? My God. Are you? Wow. Come on out, Deucey. Because of that segment. I could see going one, but for that? I I mean, okay. I can't give Schiff shit because I did laugh my ass off during that whole segment. I got it. I can't. I get Schiff. I don't. I. I. I don't. I got it. I understand. Does that make you feel better? At least. 
Yes, thank you so much. It only I actually do, I actually don't care, but the opportunity was there. I, it was there, but I, again, I don't think I've laughed harder than anything that I did at that whole segment because of the absolute absurdity of it all. Uh, Logan, I assume you're ghost. You're a big goose egg too, right? Um, I'm gonna go 0.5 just because of <laughs> Wyndham Austin. I, I really enjoyed that match. So I'm I not. love these U2 roulette uh, scores we're pulling out on this uh, thing. So that, that's a 0.37 for the, for the Jesus Christ. All, all time worst though, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's gotta be. I, I, right. think, I don't think anything else has gotten less than a one so far. So I love that we've gone 22 episodes. And the last episode before the finale, we've got our build Fitting. at like the worst it's ever been ever. That's amazing to me. Fitting. All right, uh, least dangerous. Uh, I, yeah, I ain't going first, Logan. Eaten. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I agree with Logan. I do too. Uh, Nikita. Okay, no, has to be a DA member. Follow the rules. <laughs> Uh, please let me pick Nikita. Uh, honestly, uh, you could have picked anyone except for Austin from the Dangerous Alliance, and they'd fit. So Eaton makes sense. Uh, Rude should not be on there. He's the most dangerous. <laughs> have you seen what that man brought up? That's ridiculous. Oh you're, uh, <laughs> you're fired. You you you're just bringing chaos. All right, now. and I guess just by sheer breakdown of how good he was at his match for most dangerous. I like think Schiff had a breakdown. I think Schiff had a breakdown. No. That's why he picked Rude. I'm picking Austin. It's Rude. Yeah. I was going Austin too. Yeah, Rude is single-handedly destroying Steamboat's life. That sounds like the most Matt, dangerous to Matt, me. I assume you're Austin. Of course I am. Well, all you right. guys are all wrong. All right, so, uh, all right, so on episode 22, Rude was on the up? worst segment on the show. So, yeah. So what? So, Best segment on the show. So Logan, Logan, what does that bring us to? Most dangerous and least dangerous in 22 episodes, because it's the final award. Like the. Like overall, who's the worst and least? Overall, who's the le- who's the worst, and overall, who's the best? Uh, Austin is least dangerous with eight, <laughs> um, and Polly is most dangerous with six. Wow! So Paul- I think we should all get the least dangerous. Austin is also second show. for most dangerous with five. So if that tells you anything, boy! Wow! What a Jekyll run there! Checkle and hide. Well, that kind of, I mean, I guess that makes sense based on the fact that Austin was so green when he started and he's kind of just kind of middle ground there. But it is shocking that Arn, Bobby, Larry, and Rude are nowhere near that. That's pretty interesting. Well, Arn is also at five. So, oh, he Austin is. Are technically tied. So, okay. Well, I'm glad it's Arn because if it were somebody else, if it were Rude or somebody, I'd probably be upset. Yeah, I guess. Who, who is, who's all, who's second and least dangerous? Uh, I believe it's rude with five. Yeah, that makes, us. that makes sense. <laughs> Larry has four, but no, rude actually has six. Never mind. I'm going to have a whole breakdown for the last episode. Just come to me at the end of the last episode and I'll, I'll give you the full breakdown of what everybody has. All right. So, uh, speaking of our last episode, so our next episode, we will open it off with war games right out of the gate after we do our Meltzer notes. And then we will take you to basically the end of the original basically dangerous alliance um with the whole larry breakup we'll take you through all that because for me that's when it really ended and then the rest of the stuff they do with the alliance is really doesn't make a shit of difference after that whole thing so we will cover that to the yep and by the way we will open our next episode with Meltzer notes which does talk about uh bill watts coming in so before we go uh plugs uh scott shiflet i'll go to you first Uh, you can find me on the pop feed with Traders of the Lost Ark. That's the name, right, Sean? Yes, it is. Okay. We just had actually uh, the episode where we all got along. Um, the 
Green Arrow Longbow Hunter saga, which was awesome. Um, you can also find me on the pop feed on the Play While You Listen pod, which is my video game pod. I enjoy it. Um, hopefully you do as well. Uh, and you can catch me on the wrestling feed. I'm on YouTube Roulette with Least Chuckleheads and Jake, where we, you know, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000. Crock and Roll came back, guys. We weren't canceled. We uncanceled ourselves. A uh, little bit of limited show. We don't know how often it's going to be on, but first episode dropped with uh, myself, Logan, and Sean. Are you catching a reoccurring theme with who I podcast with? Um, <laughs> and then I do so, way too many. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, that should drop. Uh, actually, by the time this drops, that should have dropped already. So that should be out. Yes. And that's it. I think I got them all. All right. Thanks for doing all my plugs for me because I don't have to now. So thank you, Chef. Uh, Logan. Um, chicken salad and starflation pod I do with Callum's and our pods I do with Callum and Ben. We just had our third anniversary that you were on, Sean. Uh, we watched Vengeance 05. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Who's Next is a NXT pod I do with Andy Atherton on the Place of Me Nation Wrestle feed. And Talking Docs is a documentary pod I do here on the North South Connection. So check all those out. All right, Susan, wrap it up. Well, after this episode, I'm too depressed to do plug. Shift, take it away. You can catch Matt Souza on Extreme Three Way Dance there in the middle of 1998. Just listen to their previous, their next episode. We see in the RVD and Sambu. They, Did you they say blown Sambu? Up. Did you say Sambu or Stambu? Impossible question to answer. I've already moved past it. Um, he's also on a bunch of pods with Logan, as you heard. Uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. He's on. There you go. He's one of the professors on that. Um, a piece of the action is going to return sometime <laughs> soon. I don't know when. Um, that's it. I should get on that. <laughs> I like yeah, Shift. I like Shift. Just did the sacrifice episode. Let's do it. <laughs> I love Shift wishing that pod back and just saying it's going to happen. I love that. I mean, Full I did... archive. Full archive. Place to be nation, Pop please. Check it out. I mean, I did create one pod that's coming true, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alright and thanks for having us uh, and as we close out our penultimate episode of 7 Months of Danger thanks for sticking with us for the last year Scott out alright that's it everyone we'll see you in two weeks for the finale until then
I'm just feeling celebration tonight. Celebrate, don't wait too late. No, we don't stop. You can't stop. We're gonna celebrate one more time. One more time, one more time, a celebration, you know we're gonna do it all right, tonight, hey, just feeling, music's got me feeling the need, need, yeah, come on, all right, we're gonna celebrate, one more time, celebrate and dance so free. Music's got me feeling so free. Celebrate and dance so free. One more time, music's got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, music's got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got the feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got the feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got the feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got the feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and one more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. One more time, you just got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and dance so free. 